Sibling Cinema, I'm Dennis. And I'm Bonnie. And we are back counting down the Best Picture Oscar winners from best to worst. Uh, and we are all the way up to number 38. Yes. So Ti- what are we talking about today? Titanic. From? 1997. Yeah. Ever heard of so, it? Ever heard of it? Yes. <laughs> famous, famous movie. So what's your history with Titanic? I saw it... Probably not right when it came out, but in I probably saw it in the theater. Right. Uh, maybe it was in the theater for a while. So yeah, during so the was, hype. During the yes, I definitely saw it. I think probably during that. Time, probably early, the first part of ninety eight. Yeah, probably first part of ninety eight, and then um, I've seen it since at mm-hmm. least a couple of times since, yes. and then just for this podcast again, watched over. But it's one that's often playing. Right. On, you know, so then we end up at a hotel and you're just like flipping through channels and there's, you'll, I've seen some scenes of Titanic. Yes. You know, and not sat down for the whole movie. But I did sit down for the whole movie this week. Yes. And this is a movie that I love to bash. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Very vocally a lot of the very, time. Very so it'll be fun to. See it again. You did watch it again with an open mind. I watched it again with an open mind. Okay, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> I've, I don't know that I've seen it. I, I know I definitely saw it at least twice in the theaters mm-hmm. when it came out. I don't know that I've seen it since. That's Although, weird. it is weird. It still seems pretty fresh to me. So, I don't, maybe I've just, I have, I, I don't remember actually sitting down to watch it or, I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. have it on. On DVD or Blu-ray, so really, no, I wouldn't have gone out and rented it. I just don't. I have plenty. I have a lot of movies. <laughs> I'll get yeah. it now, maybe. So then, yeah, it's kind of hypocritical of me that I'm the one that likes to bash it, but yet I keep watching it. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's hypocritical. It's just maybe inconsistent. <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. there's. Something underlying all of that. Yes. But we'll get into that. We, we are into, into 1997, a year when we were both around. Yes, we were yeah. both around. Yeah, it's a movie, it's a year that I saw a lot of movies. It was just kind of at that age, just mm-hmm. out of college. And yeah. I think when I look at my letterbox statistics, this is the year from which I've seen the most movies. Yeah, you showed me that before. Yeah, How many movies? Like, I think it was like 78, oh 1997 releases that I've seen. That you've not only seen, but you've commented on? Uh, no, I just logged as seen. Oh, okay. I don't know how many I've reviewed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's, yeah. that's a lot. We haven't talked about what, oh, we don't yet talk about what Titanic has about. Uh, no, unless you want to change. No, no, no. I don't want to change. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, just to kind of take a look at some of the uh, non-Best Picture winners of the year. We have the Full Monty. Uh-huh. Ever heard of it? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, this is a British movie that's about a, one of those factory towns where the factory closes down and no one has a job. And so these schlubby guys decide to put on their own Chippendales <laughs> routine. Uh, it's a delightful comedy um, about uh, male strippers or amateur male strippers. 
Okay. Uh, you should watch it. It's it's. Not, I just watched it again. Oh, did uh, you recently? Okay, and, uh, that should be on my holds, list. Uh, holds up, yeah. Uh, biggest hit in England uh, at the time. It was the biggest hit of all time in oh, wow. in the United Kingdom. I think it did get passed by Titanic, but huge hit uh, over there across uh-huh. the pond and uh, did well, very well uh, internationally, particularly in the United States, where it snagged a. Best Picture nomination. Yeah. Uh, Good Will Hunting, not to Poet Society. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd... Also had Mini Driver in it. No. Mini Driver, I get this confused with the one where she changes her mind at the end. Oh, that's a walk. I should have looked it up since yeah. the last time recording the same podcast, but it was The Walk to Remember. Is that it? I don't know. But yeah. I don't think I've seen this movie. Yeah, so this is really put Matt Damon and Ben Affleck on the map. They wrote they wrote their own screenplay. Uh, they said it's because they have a hard time finding good parts to play. So they wrote the screenplay about a, a mathematical prodigy from the wrong side of the tracks. He's a janitor at MIT and can solve all the problems uh-huh. that the uh, the spoiled students can't. Uh, he also develops a uh, a friendship with his court mandated psychiatrist. Why do you have to say spoiled students? Well, you know how have you ever been to Cambridge? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Social Network. Come on, You've, you're bashing my my son. I would never bash CJ. First of all, he would not. <laughs> he took some he cross town not... classes at MIT. Uh, okay, so if CJ, if you're listening to this and you object, then he's not just send spoiled. Me a text. <laughs> well, he's he's not from the wrong side of the tracks. Well, I mean, he's blonde. Um, if that's what you mean. <laughs> so yeah. is Mal, Matt Damon. Uh well, yeah, yeah. In real life, he's pretty. Yeah. At any rate, he has a court mandated uh, psychiatrist with uh, played by Robin Williams. Oh, why is he in trouble with the law? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's a he's a young punk kid. Okay, so Robin Williams of fond memory yeah. is uh, the psychi- psychiatrist. Good movie. Oh, yeah. uh, good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd like it. It's. Uh, Ben Affleck's in it. Casey Affleck is in it too, and Minnie Driver plays the love interest. Okay, yeah, Ben Affleck. He's very young here. Yeah, a lot of the marketing of, around the movie had to deal with the story of Matt and Ben, yeah. the screenwriters, and uh, that's what Miramax, uh-huh. Harvey Weinstein, really pushed. Okay, know, did you know that? Um, what is her name? Uh, Mindy Kaling. And some other comedian, comedian. R.J. Nelson. Oh. No. Started out by writing a play about Matt and Ben. And oh. they were, they they played them. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, so that's how she was discovered as a writer before she got the job for the office. Was doing that play that I think was called Matt and Ben. Uh, so what's the next one? Oh, you've definitely seen As Good As It Gets. I love this movie. Yeah. 
So you saw this movie when it came out, right? Yes, I did. I saw it a couple of times in the theater. Wow. Um, yeah, because it was playing on base. We mm-hmm. lived on base. Yeah, we lived on base at in 1997. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like dollar movies. So we went to go see this and then saw it again. And I've seen it a few times since then. I really like this movie. Yeah, so this is kind of about... Uh, curmudgeonly older guy uh-huh. and the friendship, I guess, that he develops with a single mom waitress. Uh-huh. Uh, from, he's not just curmudgeonly, he's OCD. He's OCD, yeah, very he compulsive, a, and yeah. he's a real jerk. He's a mental, he, yeah. he has some severe mental incapacities. Yes. Uh, and so he develops a friendship with her and his gay neighbor. Yes, even though he is very homophobic. Yes, the neighbor's dog for now. It's a friendship with him, too. Um, I do have to say, this movie is one of, it's got things, it's so smartly written, it's interesting, it takes, uh, it's not like your normal love story. Yeah, you really don't know it's a love story until like halfway through. Yeah. This is everything that I don't like about Titanic is is in is this movie shows how it should be done. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But I do love this movie. Yeah. Well, it's very different from Titanic. But we'll, we'll get into sort it. Sort of. I, I like it as good as it gets to. It's in some ways, it's, it's very, very a sharp movie. We'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. A lot of really standout scenes. So many. Really, really. I like it. It's written and directed by James L. Brooks, who was, we talked about briefly in our worst of the best part, too, with the um, Terms of Endearment. Oh, wrote and directed that. This is very different from that. Number seven. Oh. And finally, we have L.A. Confidential. Yeah. Based on the Elmore Leonard novel, this is a neo-noir. Okay. Have you seen it? No. Uh, it's wonderful. It's set in the Hollywood of the 40s, and it's just got this really juicy crime story, this labyrinthine plot that really unfolds wonderfully. Uh, uh, great cast. Uh, Kim Basinger plays kind of the femme fatale. and. Uh, uh-huh. Was just really resurrected her career. Uh, stars uh, Guy Pierce and Russell Crowe. Uh-huh. We've seen both of them recently. Yeah. Uh, Guy Pierce in The Hurt Locker, and uh, Russell Crowe was in uh, Gladiator. Gladiator, yeah. Also, A Beautiful Mind, which we didn't review. That Wait, came Russell, in at seven did not. Russell Crowe was in A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Who was he? He was the main guy. He was the um, Nash, John Nash. Yeah. And then Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey is in it. We saw him in American Beauty. Oh, that's yes. right. Terrible. Also, Frank Underwood. Yeah, Frank cards. Underwood. Danny DeVito's in it. Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's yeah. always good. He's always good. Ruthless People, you like that movie. Right? I do like Ruthless yeah. People. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of Mikey. Um, and then James Cromwell from Babe. Yes. 
Yeah. Also, uh, good cast, really also good movie. from Succession. Oh yeah, yeah, he's uh, Roy, Roy's brother, Logan's brother. Logan's brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching I'm Greg's in... father. Greg's, Greg's grandfather. Father. Greg's grandfather. Right. Okay. Yes, he's great in Succession. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and Kevin uh, Spacey. Uh, so obviously, the just to take a look at the big hits of the year, uh, Titanic is uh, far and away the uh, over three times the next highest grossing movie. Oh my gosh! It, it was the biggest hit of all time. It's amazing. It opened at only twenty eight million dollars. Yeah. So this and, is something we talked about a long time ago. Yeah. That I learned is a big deal is if. You have a low percentage of your opening, is a low percentage of your total. It means that, what's the term for that? It's got legs. legs. Yeah, it's got yeah, legs. Yeah. It's got legs. So it's getting a lot of word of mouth. Right. Um, and so Titanic really had a lot of word. I mean, people were obsessed with that movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, completely. It was, it was unreal. Yeah, <laughs> this. it was. Like, I've known nothing since. Yeah, it was number one for each week through, I think, into April, maybe? I, March I mean, or April before. It was all it was, anybody would talk about. Yeah. There were women who would go four, five, ten times mm -hmm. in the theater to go see this movie. This yeah. three hour and. Three hour, yeah, 12 minutes. Like, it was yeah. a, a complete obsession. What I said I was I was thirty at the time this came open. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was the only thirty only woman, adult woman in America that wasn't completely taken with this love story. Uh no. Not alone. There was Yeah, well there was maybe one other, I don't know. No, there was a very substantial backlash. You're was not it? you're not yeah. special. Um, well, all I knew well, was we'll people get into who it. were obsessed with it. Yeah. Anyway, Men in Black also. Oh, yeah, Men in Black is the second biggest hit of the year. Um, mm -hmm. Refreshing to think back on like a hit action movie that's not based on like existing IP or like yeah. a comic book or that's anything. True. It's just kind of an original story. And yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but it's. Uh, I like Men in Black. I'd watch it again. Yeah, yeah it's very. I mean, what's... Uh, it's definitely better than The Lost World Jurassic Park. Okay. It's just kind of a. Throwaway sequel, uh, and ending scene is in San Diego, but uh, Liar Liar, Jim Carrey movie, Air Force One. Liar uh, Liar is fun. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's Jim a good, Carrey. It's a great movie about lawyers. Uh -huh, physical comedy. Yeah. Because it has Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. Air Force One. Yeah, and as good as it gets in Good Will Hunting, we're also yeah. big hits. Yeah, a lot of. Um, Made Star Wars. That's Star Wars the old one. Yeah, the Star Wars trilogy was re-released. Oh, re-released. Okay. Yeah, and uh, was a huge, huge hit again. It was a huge hit. This is the nineteen seventy eight, seventy seven, seventy seven movie. Yes. That okay. Best Picture loser to. In nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, no. Oh, wait. We haven't gotten to it yet. To Annie Hall. Yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. Didn't, I didn't know that. Well, we haven't gotten to it yet. <gasps> George yeah. of the Jungle. 
Yes. Yes, that's the other movie that is the same as Titanic. No, it's not. But I like the... It's, it is the same. It's the same love story that we get into. No. It's not. Uh, well, yeah. So let's let's get into it. Let's get into Titanic. Start off the discussion on my nerves. Yes. So, Bonnie, what is Titanic about? Titanic is about the ocean liner Titanic that sunk in nineteen twelve, sunk in nineteen twelve. It was a big deal, and lost a whole bunch of people. Hundreds, if not thousands, uh, like fourteen yeah. hundred. Yeah, two thirds didn't make it. Yeah, but some survived. No, yeah. So this is something that is, you know, a real human tragedy that yeah. has been discussed and made into many movies. Mm-hmm. And this is a it's really captured the public's imagination. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do say. You know, this is a movie that I love to bash, but but I have, as we have discussed, I have a complicated relationship with it because even though I love to bash it, I really like this movie. <laughs> Wait, say that a little louder into the mic. <laughs> I do really like this movie. <laughs> I The part that I bash is the love story. So what's the love story? The love story is between... Jack and Rose. Mm-hmm. Jack is a, a wins a third class ticket on the boat. He's kind of this uh, pull himself up by his bootstrap scamp yeah. kind of character. Free spirited artist. Free spirited artist. And then Rose plays this very upper class, wealthy, really young woman who is engaged to a man who considers himself royalty. (laughs) I I don't know what his relationship to royalty is. So it's really about the love story between, you know, the 48 hours that they have together on the boat. But I do have to say that this time watching it was the first time (laughs) that I appreciated that relationship in a new way. Because there is so much that annoys me about the love story that I, I kind of miss the some of the intricacies of their relationship. Anyway, but there's so many other parts of this movie. And I've always said that even when I have bashed the movie, I've always said, I love all the sinking parts, all the Titanic parts. Yeah. But the love story, not, not so much, but I do have a lot more appreciation of particularly the Jack character this time, which I've never liked Jack until this time watching. Oh, okay. Yeah. Played by... Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Who I really liked in Catch Me If You Can. Yes. That's the first movie, because I was kind of turned off from him by this movie. But I actually love the Jack character now. Yeah. Watching it this time. But the big problem I have with You like him in um, Inception, too, right? Or you like Inception. I love Inception. Is he in that? Yeah, he's he's the main guy. guy. (laughs) He's the main guy? Oh, he's so much older there. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's... He's 13 years older. Is that all? Oh, gosh. Well, anyway, and then the big problem I do still have with this movie, I do still have problems with the love story, the way that James Cameron plays it, but I really have a problem with the framing device. Okay. Yeah, that part, I think, is completely stupid and 
and I have to sit through that to get to the good parts. But having said that, <laughs> I would sit down and watch this movie again this week, even though I just watched it last yeah. week. It's really, it's, it's kind of a great movie. <laughs> Wait, say that again. <laughs> yeah. Despite so, itself, it's, it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were going to have a, like a, a bit more of a fight here than yeah. Apparently, are um, certainly that's not a perfect movie. Uh, I really enjoyed you know just curling up with it again. Oh, it's so so, yeah, it's so easy it, to do. It's other than the I think the only part that maybe drags a bit is that. Um, Framing device, Whoa. the first 20 minutes or so. Uh, th- I mean, there's stuff that I appreciate about it. That's like, but and there is a lot of restraint after that first section where it doesn't really cut back very much. Yeah, but you, We don't get a whole lot um, but that, back there. Oh, it's so stupid. Uh, well, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, just the... Everything after that, the world building yeah. is just phenomenal. And it's, you know, I watched it twice. You know, when I go through these, I, I watch it first in a, a single sitting. And then I'll usually watch it like in 15 minute increments and then take notes and, and reflect on it and, and then come back. But this, this time around, I had a hard time like turning it off after yeah. 15 minutes. And, like, it's, it's like very absorbing. It's just, it, it keeps it keeps moving. No, it really it, it really moves fast for a three hour twelve minute movie. It gets it, crazy. It, it goes a lot faster than a lot of the two hour movies we've been watching. Yeah, and you mentioned the world building, and and we have talked about this before, but yeah, this is what James Cameron mm-hmm. is so good at. You know, he builds oh, totally. this world of this. 1912, you know, environment on the Titanic, which has several levels to it. First of all, there's just the ship level, but then it's, you know, this glimpse into this upper class world Mm -hmm. and the lower class and, you know, it's just that whole, it's absorbing. You have have like this class struggle physically on the ship. Yeah. Which, you know... We haven't talked about it yet, but part of the real expensive movie is that he built the Titanic at 90% scale. Yeah. Like the yeah. same ship, but uh, right. just like nine-tenths of the... Yeah, not uh, far off from here. Yeah, off the coast of Mexico. Yeah, yeah. right. But like off Tijuana, right? Off I think Bob, so, yeah. Right. yeah. Um. Yeah, well, I I think his skill at world building is also very. He has all so much versatility because this is great world building. Avatar, as much as I dislike the movie in several respects, has great world building. Um, the Abyss, the Terminator franchise, uh, Aliens. These are all very different worlds. It's Wait, not like just this are those all of, James Cameron mm-hmm. movies? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So They're he's all very different worlds. He's just good at world building. Yeah, and this is taken from reality, but really just so immersive and just it's it's you know not just the 
upper class and the lower class, but even below the steerage class, you get like the bowels of the ship yeah. with the the workers who are making it run, and they're the yeah. ones that almost are like a slave ship. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like hell. It's yeah. kind of like Dante's yeah. Inferno. The way right, it goes the levels. Down. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, what I do appreciate from that framing device, which I do agree is flawed, it's terribly is... flawed. Okay, what we'll I do appreciate it about it, I think that that I think it's really crucial that we get that graphic of how the ship falls. Right. Not necessarily how it's actually done in the story itself, which is cruel. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about the necklace and the shipping this woman out to this the... This 100-year-old woman that they ship out to the middle of the ocean. This was written to give Jim Cameron an excuse to go yes. down and see the actual ship, which is yeah. the other part that I appreciate is the footage of the oh, actual so Titanic. Amazing. So amazing. And to start with that before we see it rebuilt. I do like that. So amazing. Yeah. It's just his, it's just that screenplay part that has yeah. to do with the the framing is so stupid. I like mm-hmm. that we see the ship, yeah. and then we've talked about how those, it's kind of like we're, we're floating through on the shot, yeah. seeing the ship, and then it transforms into mm-hmm. the modern day, or oh, into, the, so... into a current... Yeah, and then we do get a teaser of that when we're going through, and then we see, like, kind of entering the ballroom. Yeah. And and then it kind of goes back as kind of a teaser of what's to come. But then, I think once we actually go back to the Titanic, we don't come back very often. No, no, it's not very often, which is good. We cut back so that she can tell her granddaughter how erotic (laughs) her experience is. Yeah, that was so dumb. Oh, awkward. It's very awkward. I, as much as I appreciate the old woman who did that, or her Gloria Stewart, yeah, yeah, who I guess is famous, but she's famous. Oh yeah, she was a huge star yeah. in the thirties. Okay, and, but yeah. it it's such the dialogue is so stupid. The the premise is moronic. You know, this old woman on a wheelchair. We're bringing right. her out to. Yeah, and I mean, it's a framing device. I yeah, think it's, it's just so contrived. It's like, definitely can, contrived. Can, I, I, I think mean, I you spent so much time building this world. Couldn't you just go a little farther? And anyway, so I, I don't think like I, I agree with you on the flaws, but maybe not um, how how bad it is. Yeah, so. I, I I just don't wouldn't deduct that many. And I do have to say that part of my annoyance with this movie had to do with I mean really everybody in my neighborhood all everybody all everybody just was obsessed with this and then I Mm -hmm. watched it and I'm like I don't and they were all obsessed with the love story part and that's so I think part of it was just my personal like well it's not as great as what you're saying sort of like what's that movie with the deaf people Coda Coda yes yeah, deaf people. <laughs> I, if that movie hadn't won Best Picture, I would just really like that. <laughs> I would have watched it and been like, "This is such a sweet movie." I'd watch it again. But anyway. yeah, I mean, and I think you know, Coda I had seen before it was a Best Picture winner, and yeah. uh, 
this movie I saw opening weekend, so yeah, I think it does make a difference if you're going into it thinking this is like the most profound statement on love a human exactly. being can yes. ever. Because it's not, I, I, I'm, I'm forgiving of the central love story. I wouldn't say that it's. I think what I like about it is that it's just pure melodrama. Yeah, and that it's not. Well, let's get into that because you did say you appreciate a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I have been so, you know, I mean, I saw this movie when I was 30, so I would have been, yeah, probably I had, I probably already turned 31 by the time I saw it. So I, you know, the fact that you've got these two teenagers that, you know, fell in love in 48 hours and, yeah, and I, at the time, you probably had daughters who were nearing that age. No, Laura was right? like seven at this point. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Laura would have been <laughs> okay. six or seven. Okay. No, so but I was already mean... on my, I was probably pregnant with Juliana, really pregnant with Juliana seeing this. So uh-huh. I was a little tired anyway, you know, and oh, yeah. a little tired and cynical about just the teenagers. And yes. So I, I was just, it didn't. The love story. You're like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I did love that one. That one was so good. But anyway, I the thing that I I missed then, it, instead of looking at it as like the greatest love story of all time, mm-hmm. just I tried to watch it with an open mind this time yeah. with their love story, and I did see things that I had missed before. And if you see it as a, you know, a young it was young teenage love, but you see him you know, displaying signs of true love in that he wills the good of the other. You know, he sees this girl Mm. who is trapped Yes. for whatever reason. I know rich girl problems, all that kind of stuff. Right. But she is is trapped, and he feels great compassion for her. Yes. And he, he, even if he gets nothing out of it himself, he, he just wants what's best for her. Yeah. And he shows her... You know, he, he tries to help her, help herself to rescue herself. And really that mm-hmm. is what it ends up with, with that final scene. You know, it's it's about him wanting her to rescue herself out of this and go on and, and yeah. survive this and, and do it. And you just kind of see all the way through. She has a very immature um, response to a lot of these things. Yes. But... He actually shows great um, depth and maturity, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I never noticed that before. No, I, that's one of the things that struck me, despite how the famously the, the erotic parts of it. Yeah, it's actually a very chaste love story, in that his pursuit of her is not because he thinks she's hot or he right. wants to get with her, no. even when he's sketching her nude. Yeah. He's very professional about yeah, it. He's yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not yeah. like male gazy. He's like almost, it's it's like he's really just looking out for what's best for her. Yeah. And even like, uh, you know, if you take a, another kind of uh, flimsy love story like in American in Paris, you know, there's no sex and nudity in that. Uh-huh. But that was a lot more... Um, 
you know, he's pursuing her because he sees right. her and she's like an yeah, object. object. Yeah. It's, it's much more objectifying than what yeah. we see here. Yeah, you know? and I think... And that's, you know, that it's not necessarily a criticism. It's a different movie doing different right. things. But yeah, yeah. I was very struck by... Um, I don't know if chase is the right word, but how it's it's his attraction is not sexual. Right. And they do have a sex scene in this. And, you know, he seems very inexperienced, at least how it's done. Yeah. He's much more awkward than she is. Yeah, that's true. And and I had that was also something I think even last time we discussed this, I was like, at least my thought on that top that point was. Like, that part ruined it a little bit for me. Just have them not consummate it. But I do think it plays an important role in that what it does is it it's about... Uh, that shows her really severing it off with her, breaking yeah. breaking mm-hmm. ties and, and moving strongly in another direction. Because yes. that does, you know, adultery will break a relationship, right? Yes. And, and it will sever it and unless you do something major to repair it that's a exactly that's a yeah. real that's a real kind of severing so i can see that as a as a device that's used um so i do appreciate that more i the whole actual love story where you know you've got the overbearing mother and mm-hmm. the rich fiance and the you know the the suitor who is uh you know sort of more primal and and all that is exactly George of the Jungle except that George oh. of the Jungle laughs at itself and you have the same yeah. sort of thing where she enters uh his world and then he enters her world and you know so you Well the story's been told over and over, over and over again. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very similar very... actually to Shakespeare in Love too the next year. Yeah. But, I right. mean, you compare that to a Casablanca, which is a much more sophisticated love story based yes. on years of, instead of 48 hours, it's right. years of... Yeah, if that's years. your standard, you're not going to enjoy <laughs> right. very many movies. Yeah. So, I... But I, I do have to say that, you know, even even my complaints, although I'm sticking with the framing device, it's really moronic. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know, love story, I at least... Uh, other than the ending sequence where it's like he was the love of her life he played an important role in her life he changed he did. Her and life. i mean to be fair she did never speak about him and had her a, yeah a totally different life yeah and apparently she had a long marriage to somebody you know yeah. a lot about it right she yeah. has a, at least one grandchild yeah um, but what I appreciate about, I, there's two things I like about the love story, is it's just a very simple, melodramatic framework to invest us in the story yeah. and to move things along, and it's it's through that that we get a sense of just the world around them and some of the other things that have a lot more poignancy at the end. Um, yeah. Like, I I really love the ship's captain, where we get the scene where he doesn't go into the boat. He stays, you know, the captain right. goes down with the ship, proverbially, and we see that 
you know, by the time we get to that scene, we know that he knew better than to light all the boilers. We know we don't really see him make the decision to do that, but we know why he does it, and we know that he knows that that was wrong. Yeah. Without that being a whole subplot. Right. We just get it planted and and paid off. And in the meantime, we're kind of distracted by this silly romance. Right. So it, it almost has more poignancy I that agree. way. Yeah. Where I think if this was a, a Casablanca or like a really, if we're really invested in this romance, I, I just think that it would kind of overwhelm a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. So I, I like that it's really simple. Also, what I like about it is it's through them that it takes us through really every part of the ship, yeah. starting from the masthead and ending on the masthead, yeah. where we get the sense of the world building through yeah. the upper class ballrooms and mm-hmm. dining rooms, through the and then we get into that those bowels of the ship where right. the workers are. We see the yeah. makeshift prison and the. You know, we go up and down and we see every part yeah. of the ship through Where you them. really need a sort of giddy t- teenage, teenagers, you know, yeah. being silly and escaping because of their true love. Yeah, and even That's, that... That does make sense that they would run through the ship and, exactly. and that's how we're able to They're see They're running this from the dastardly villain who's, yeah. like, ridiculous, but... Yeah. <laughs> almost like so good it's bad yeah. performance by Billy Zane <laughs> yeah. um, playing a role that I think um, very similar role to what Colin Firth played in Shakespeare in Love but much better Yeah, and, you know, I, right. I, thought, I do like Billy Zane has had a good sense of humor about it and kind of uh-huh. embraced his it's... he's the hammy guy from right. uh, Titanic uh, yeah. But, like, even their... So I don't disagree with what you're saying. Yeah, and their love story, or their the so-called erotic scene, or where they have sex, it also, it kind of is a way of also showing us this part of the ship where they're transporting the rich people's cars, and uh-huh. it's a different part that we've seen in other parts of the movie. And it's kind of interesting to see that, oh, yeah, of course, they're also, like, this is a luxury right. liner, but they're also transporting stuff right. and Right. need to get their cars across the sea and so it, it's yeah. just it also it shows us all these different parts of the ship but and and, and just all the periphery is just magnificent the, yeah. you know the musicians the, oh, the priest the, yeah the priest is kind of hanging yeah. on and people are hanging on to him James Cameron does such a great job representing it visually oh. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think his writing struggles with the dialogue. I, I think yes, it's, it's just not good. It, you know, he, he's he's great at world building and putting forth simple ideas and making them interesting. Yeah, without getting kind of hammy like the Picasso joke. Yeah, it's kind of hammy. Well, really, the part that really sticks in people's ears now is the slave ship line of when we meet Rose. She's like, I was going on to a slave ship and yeah. being brought to America in chains. It's like, okay, okay that's. Yeah. Read the yeah. room. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Well, my comparison with 
as good as it gets. Yeah. The scene where it's the same is um, the nude sketch scene. You have that in both, a nude sketch. So uh-huh. in As Good As It Gets, that is the scene where you have the um, Helen... Red Red, Yeah, Kinney Air and Helen Hunt. Is mm-hmm. that her name? Helen Hunt. Yeah. They um, have that scene where it's not erotic at Well, it might... He's gay in this, so this wasn't right. any a love scene, but it was this... It broke him out of his rut that he was in and, you know, kind of emancipated her in this very entertaining way. And it annoyed the heck out of the Melvin character. Yes. Uh, I, I think he did. Yeah, he finds out about it afterwards. But it's very much the same, a very similar thing where you have this scene where they have the artists sketching the woman nude. But I think right. it's done much better and as good as it gets. I mean, I haven't seen as good as it gets in a while, but I i mean, I think it's... I, 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 I like it how it's done here in that I, he's just very much, as I said, is, it's, it's not like he's ogling it. Right. Her no, body's no, not an object. No, it's, no, he's, he he's, does great. Yeah. Uh, through it, she's... I mean, it definitely shows her as the... I mean, it's a coming-of-age story for her. right, exactly. And, you know, who knows how much of it is true, quote-unquote. I mean, she's relaying a story from 80 years before that she hasn't talked about since, and how much is it just... uh, Well, I mean, the reason she's relaying it is because they have the picture of the nude. Yes. So, I mean, that's her. Survived very well. Talk painting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's part of the that's part of yeah, the Yeah, that's part of the match. But I, I mean, do it is think in, it in a speaks, safe, so. it, it does speak well to the Jack character. It does. It yeah. And it and it furthers the plot along. I just Yeah, I and it's, it's like interesting I, I, I really like I, I like Leonardo DiCaprio on this. The you know, where he comes in, it's not just in Oh wow, she's hot. Who's this? It's like okay, I'm I'm involved now. Yeah, yeah I've seen you right. in a vulnerable spot. Yeah, and now I'm I'm yeah. involved. Yeah, right. No. It's it's really good. And then uh, what the movie does that's so amazing is that it how they do the whole ship crashing and sinking. Oh, and I gosh. think that you're right. I think that having this distracting love story mm-hmm. makes everything else more profound because they can deal with it with a a little bit more subtle hand. Yes. But it really, you know, when you realize, like, this happened to people. You know, really? they were and... just dumped into the ocean in this terrifying way and, and... had to deal with these, yeah. you know, not enough lifeboats, well, you know. And the incompetence. Oh, yeah. Like this oh. ship that represents, like, the pinnacle of the industrial revolution and look what yeah. this amazing thing that man has made and it's yeah. like their boats are toppling over and they're putting them out half like yeah. 12 people in a boat yeah. that fits 60 and like, yeah. they're crashing even, on the deck and like yeah. crashing yeah. into each other yeah. it's just they don't know what they're doing even the name of the ship 
which is yeah. the true name, the Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. You know? It's that's a very arrogant name. Yeah. Very prideful. Yeah, very right? prideful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we've been captivated with this story for over a hundred years. Yeah, I mean it's it might sound kind of corny, but it's kind of like it's you know, the nineteenth century went down on the Titanic. This this mm-hmm. kind of gilded age right, of yeah, yeah. their this um industrial type of uh, upper class, you know, we're we talked about before him being royalty. It's just really kind of the, um, well, I think he gets his money from oil or something. I mean, he is industrial uh-huh. is the ownership royalty. Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know, the, the ship sinks. And then two years later, you have World War One, where, you know, Europe yeah. is transformed from a, right. a, this place of ancient kingdoms to nation states. And, yeah. You know, you have left another world war this is like the last is... vestige of the victorian era exactly yeah yeah, yeah and it and it. and the victorian era even though it's over it really mm-hmm. sinks with the titanic that's very that's yeah. very profound us. yeah well thank you anyway but, yeah i mean i think that's what is kind of the mystique that this tragedy has had through the years that i think james cameron really represents so well yeah so I'm with you. The movie has flaws, but yeah. it's a great movie. And I, I think it, the yeah, I would say the flaws actually make it work too. I think you can improve on the flaws. You could definitely well and most, make it a, a most of the movies we've watched. You can improve on in some ways, but I think it I could think be the, a top ten movie if it. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's I but it's, again, I think the simple. Certainly the framing device could use the most work. Yeah. But I, I don't I know that I'd tinker that much with the love story. I agree. Itself. I, I yeah, don't I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree with that. As a matter of fact, I think the framing source. device is what makes sort of emphasizes this is the blah blah blah. But yeah. I would tinker with the framing device and then it becomes really a top ten movie. But I don't yeah. have any arguing at thirty eight. Or maybe it will be a top ten movie if um you know, 27 of the ones above it, we just don't like as much. Yeah. Not with that framing device. I ref- well, we'll see. I refuse. Okay. We'll we'll see. This we is, see. I, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't, I don't have it the highest actually of the movies we've looked at, but it, I've been oh, near the top the now. I haven't seen your rankings, have I? Um, how did I have it ranked? I had it ranked pretty high. I think I still have From Here to Eternity first. Oh, no, I meant in the aggregate. I have it at 42. Okay, so pretty similar pretty to similar where. To okay, yeah, this. that seems that seems right. But it's moved up for you. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think 38 is... Uh, we'll see. I think there are... Movies we've already looked at that I like a little bit better, and I think there are movies still to come that, unless they wow me, I would not have as much. But uh, I'll, I will watch them again with an open mind. But there are movies to come that I don't like as much as this. It is a classic. I you know, okay, yeah. As I, much as I, I, mean, I really love L.A. Confidential and probably have voted for it. I, I mean, I just think that this is a classic, and that's. It's it stands out. It's very important in film history, I think. 
And and watching it, even though I've watched it several times, yeah, I'm starting to get over myself with this movie. Yeah, it yeah. really well, is. Well, I have it recorded now. So. Yeah, you do have it I recorded. I thought we were going to have a bigger A big fight, argument, but, but I, I don't. And who knows, maybe someday I'll watch Coda for another time, and once I get my annoyance that it won Best Picture out, then... Maybe I yeah, and I would say I I, think I like it anyway. It's not like I don't like that movie. I do like Coda. I I don't think it deserved Best Picture. Uh, This one I kind of think does. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, no, I I I mean, look at what it did. This just the world, and I like this Best Picture lineup. I I mean, I I think if any of the five won, I wouldn't be too negative on it actually. But yeah, I think so. We're in violent. Agreement. I know. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm a little surprised too. Yeah. So, what's the limit for this? Okay. For let's see, in the year of 1997's fame, a ship called Titanic became a name. With grandeur, it sailed, but alas, it soon failed, leaving heartache and sorrow its claim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Works. It works. Uh, so Titanic got 14 nominations. That's a lot. That is the most in history, tied with oh, really? tied with All About Eve. Oh, and which we haven't gotten to yet. Everything, everywhere, all at once. No, I got eleven. Okay, we haven't gotten to that one yet either. Yeah. Uh, it's also tied with a Best Picture loser, La La Land, from twenty sixteen. Oh yeah, I also got fourteen. Oh, which won and then lost? Yeah, well, it didn't win, but it was announced as the winner and didn't. Well, it sounded like but, it won. But... Yeah. We'll get to that. We will get to that. Lost to Moonlight. Uh-huh. Uh, so it got two nominations for its acting. The two main actors? Oh. Oh. Two, really? So they, the two not... nominated actors played the same role. That's your hint. Oh, Rose and, and the yeah. Rose. Yeah, old Rose and, and new Rose. Really? So Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, he was not nominated. Um, he That's was great. Shame. It is a shame. Uh, it was kind of a stacked year. It was Matt Damon versus a lot of legends. So okay. Matt Damon was up against uh, Jack Nicholson, Robert Duvall, Dustin Hoffman, and Peter Fonda. So, okay. uh, yeah. He, he okay. didn't get nominated, but uh, he... Leonardo DiCaprio will be in another Best Picture winner with Matt Damon and Jack Nicholson. So we'll get to that eventually. Okay. In The Departed. Oh, The Departed. Okay. Yeah. So it won a lot of things. Yeah. So picture, director, and then basically... Won, won 11 of its Everything 14. else about the movie except for Best Makeup. Who won that? Yeah. Uh, no, I think that was Men in Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of... Yeah, yeah, so it's actors lost and then the makeup artist. So it won the other 11, which is a yeah. record that it for most wins tied with Ben Hur and would be matched again by The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Yeah, and just those looking, two movies we haven't gotten to. Just yet. looking at what it nominated for and won, it's basically you were just the best movie. Yeah. In in every, every in every way, you might not have had the best actors, but this made Jim Cameron look like a genius. Oh yeah, everybody you he's compiled. the king of the world. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, and I don't really disagree with anything yeah, you no. said. Yeah. Uh, it did not get nominated for its screenplay. Which is good, because... It didn't deserve it. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised just because it was such a yeah. dominant movie. Uh, that would have been its 15th nomination. Yeah. Or so that all seems Leonardo fair. DiCaprio's would have been. 15. Yeah, I think Leo was great. It's great. Uh, I'm not really sold on Gloria Stewart, I think, just because she's the, yeah. she's the legend. Uh, if you're going to do supporting actress, maybe Kathy Bates. I thought she was really fun. She was really she good. She was really fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't. Gloria Stewart yeah. had stupid lines. Ugh, I felt bad for, like, the... Yeah, she's Gloria Stewart. And, the ship know. hunter on there was, like... Bill had, Paxton. He must have just hated his lines on this. They were so dumb. Tell us about your story. Okay, well, we've, <laughs> we've discussed all that. Throwing it into the ground. Yes. So, okay. the... Um, Titanic was winning everything in sight, but the acting awards was uh, a place for the losers to all clean up. Uh, as good as it gets, won both leading categories for Helen, Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson. They were great. They were great. LA Confidential won the Supporting Actress Award for Kim Basinger. And Robin Williams won his only Oscar for Good Will Hunting. His best supporting actor. A fond memory. Yeah. Uh, so that is 97. That's 1997. Okay. Yeah. We did Titanic, and I feel like I grew as a person. Uh, you did. You did or very at, well. at least I I got over myself just a tiny bit. Yeah. I know. We'll be yeah. a few years from now. We'll be back with... Uh, you visited the Hurt Locker? Or you no, no, the Hurt Locker is... You're never going to watch it again. Well. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I have Titanic higher than the Hurt Locker. I mean, I have consistently watched Titanic over the years, so I've always known that I protested too much. You did. Yeah, so 37, uh, yeah. what do we got this week? Um, well, uh, what are your guesses? <laughs> Same ones that have now. always been. No Country for Old Men. <laughs> Yes. Which, I don't know if you know this, but it's a Coen Brothers movie. Is it? Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, Amadeus, Parasite, Spotlight, and Moonlight. Okay. Yeah, and my picks are The Lost Weekend, mm -hmm. The Sting, The French Connection, Forrest Gump, and The Departed. Yeah, it's going to be The Lost Weekend. I only <laughs> know that. I said that before. Okay. <laughs> It's the last weekend. <laughs> it is. Now, I so, I did know that, but I said that last time. Too. Yeah. No, I, it's got to be coming up. Yeah. Anyway. Due for that. Uh, so, um, we'll be back next week to talk about the last weekend. But what do you think last weekend is about? What would you guess? Well, I would guess, since I'd never heard of it, <laughs> yes. uh, I would guess that it's about somebody who crossed the date line and missed a day. And so that was their last weekend, and they decided they could do whatever they want. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be back next week to see uh, how accurate that is. Okay. Uh, bye. Bye.